Hi, I'm Jesse Crookshank. Jesse Crookshank. I host the number one comedy podcast called Phone a Friend. Girl, let's phone a friend. Not only do I break down the biggest stories in pop culture with guests like Dan Levy and members of InSync, I do it with my own personal boy band singing jingles throughout because it's my show. It's your show, girl. New episodes of Phone a Friend. Yeah. Drop Thursdays wherever you get your podcasts. So work it, girl. Yeah, work it. Okay, that's enough. This is a CBC podcast. First of all, uh, I don't know if y'all remember, but uh, it was not too long ago. Uh, we had an episode that was titled something along the lines of uh, we love the WAP or something like that. Um, anyway, I did some digging WAP. because because, yeah, I did some digging on that. So uh, some people say WAP, mm. some people say WAP. Now, I said. If you are saying WAP, which for our older generation listeners, if you're coming at us through CBC, uh, it stands for wet ass pussy. It is a uh, an acronym for a woman's wet ass pussy. It's it's a it's a term of uh, empowerment uh, that was coined by Cardi B. If you haven't watched the music video, I highly recommend it. The cinematography is mwah. Um, but WAP, right? WAP, right? I say WAP. Brian's here saying WAP. WAP. Um, I've heard a number of other people say WAP. Well, I did some digging, and this is coming from Twitter, um, from someone named John Henner, who is deaf. You, you're just going to read somebody's opinion rather than just uh, yep. saying it how they say it in All the song? Well, where just, you, no matter what you anybody said, says, they're wrong. Just yeah, listen. You said Cardi B is the one who <clears throat> created the acronym in the song WAP. How does Cardi B say WAP. it? She says WAP. Okay. That, listen to, just listen to the tweet. Just listen to the tweet. Deaf person here. Why are we pronouncing WAP like WAP? Do people say wet ass pussy? No, they, they would if they were in England, but anyway. Uh, aren't acronyms supposed to sound like the onset of the word being acronized? That's I, not I true. rest my did case. You, did you start Whap. that by saying... No, this is the thing. Did you start that by saying deaf person here? Uh, that's that's what they said. That's their. That's so then, their how would so your your argument is coming now. from the basis of somebody who can't hear? Uh, yeah, and I think that gives them credibility. I don't Listen, understand this is just what that has to do with, with English anything. Language. <laughs> <laughs> what it was, the what is the problem? That, tomato, the person tomato? That created, <laughs> first of all, I, you sent that to us, and then there was also a response underneath it that was basically like, here's a bunch of examples where acronyms don't aren't aren't pronounced that way um, because they're pronounced Deaf person didn't get it. And, uh, and also, if Cardi, whatever Cardi B says, that's what it is because Definitely. It's, it's hers. She came up with it. If she's the pop, pop culture icon that came up with a pop culture phrase or saying, then that's what it is. There's no... And also, what was it her? Or it's was like it the Megan guy that came up with a GIF. The guy that came up with the GIF, he's like, it's GIF. And no one's allowed to say that it's a GIF because it's not because I came up with it. And I say GIF. And I, also I also resent say, wow. the fact... 
Did you say that that was a, a male person? Is he? Are we being mansplained? I'm not uh, <laughs> have to yeah. pronounce I'm, the acronym for wet ass whoa. pussy because I'm not going to sit here and fuck. Oh. I'm not going to fucking stand oh, for it. Yeah, Lauren, it's whatever yeah, Lauren don't says. Sit there. Don't sit there. Yeah, it's whatever <laughs> Lauren says. She's the only one amongst us that has one. You're the one that gendered them, Lauren. I did not. I, I actually don't know their gender, I and I'm you not. Said he. No, I said you did say a, he. No, I said no. No, rewind it. I said a person named. Okay, John. someone go back. I said a person named John. Is that rewind it back? One hundred percent. I'll be editing this, and I will make sure that I said uh, a person named John. So <laughs> you'll cut uh, it, and then you'll just go back and <laughs> say it. Um, uh, I'm on. I'm on the. You know, it's funny. It's like I'm on the. Uh, I'm on the Wikipedia here, and it just like I think there needs to be a thing on Wikipedia that says pronunciation of WAP. Anyway, dude, just listen to the song. That's how you say it. Well, she. I don't think she actually says WAP in the music in the in the song, does she? I think she just says she's pretty. She's she she says a lot of things in that video, and I don't think WAP is one of them. I think she's just like <laughs> no. She's like. She like, doesn't say WAP. She says WAP. No. WAP, 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 Anyway. <laughs> um, so, so we're getting to the stuff that matters. And, uh, and hey, listen, folks, it's October, spookiest month of the year. And we're sticking to that spooky death theme. This week on Feel Good Friday, we're going to be talking to the creator, uh, one of the co-creators of the death deck. If you don't know what that is, stay tuned. It's basically cards for humanity. Um, and that's uh, straight out of the mouth of the creator. Uh, very fun game. We play a little bit later on in the show. But before we get to that, let's get to something pretty spooky. Um, something that is focusing on the idea and uh, topic of death, uh, which is what we're focusing on for the, the rest of the month of October. Uh, I want to get your guys' take on this. This is an article that is coming out of CBC. Uh, CBC Nova Scotia from Taryn Grant. Oh, Taryn, I used to teach her yoga. Uh, here's the headline. Husband. <laughs> That's such a Nova Scotian thing to say. It is, yeah. Oh, gee. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, know her. I know her mother. I know um, her mother. <laughs> uh, husband, 83, dies with medical assistance after wife's court bid to stop him fails. This is, yeah. I, don't know if, I don't know if you guys saw this Man. story, but it's a, pretty, did, yeah. it's a pretty fucking big bummer. Um, I Jack, read it and I don't even want I don't even want to talk about it right now. That's how much of a bummer it is. Uh, well, that's yeah. too bad. <laughs> but uh, I, just, I know I just, that we're going I just to. Don't, Jack, I just don't understand why. I don't understand why <laughs> you would want to mar the final days of your yeah. marriage with a legal battle over your own it's, over your choice. It's pretty. That it's, yeah. is legal. Yeah. Like it's like well, yeah. Well, they've probably had like every other fight that you can have at that point. Might as well. <laughs> I mean, hey, eighty-three <laughs> years old and married—that's uh, that's yeah, a long-ass like, marriage. Let's, let's hey, Jared, I apologize because people are sitting here wondering, well, what the fuck is this all about? And you were about to explain it, but we just both—I was—we all gave our opinions. I, yep, before I was. You even I was said about was to tell about. the story, but uh, still haven't had a chance. <laughs> Jack Sorensen of Bridgewater, Nova Scotia, died on Saturday following the legal battle with his wife over maid. Uh, this was October sixth, though. This happened this month. A Nova Scotian man whose wife tried to stop him from having a medically assisted death has followed through with the procedure, which was delayed by court proceedings for the past two months. Jack Sorensen of Bridgewater, Nova Scotia, died with medical assistance at the Fisherman's Memorial Hospital in Lunenburg, Nova Scotia. Sounds like a really pleasant place. Uh, on Saturday at the age of 83, he was approved and scheduled for medical assistance in dying, which is also known as MAID. 
this summer, but his plans were put on hold when his wife, 82-year-old Catherine Sorensen, applied to Nova Scotia Supreme Court to stop him. Jack Sorensen had stage 3 chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD, and was assessed with only 49% lung capacity. In an interview with, in August, he said his shortness of breath caused him immense suffering. Amen, brother. I hear you. Catherine Sorensen has acknowledged her husband's suffering, but she said it was mental, not physical. She opposed his request for maid because she said his wish to die was rooted in anxiety and mental delusions. She has also said she has a moral opposition to maid. You know what? I don't want to be that person, but um, I'm not a journalist, and I don't need to be biased. Fuck that shit. Uh, the day well, you know what? <laughs> the, 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 men, the delusion part has some has some grounds like there there is some grounds there but the like to because it's not dissimilar to the conversation um uh to the the conversation that we had with um um why is the name escaping me right now uh dr Dr. jans dr jans uh listen listen to the difference though is that is that this guy there's what i'm saying is that there's parallels there with like with and that with that but the 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 as soon as you say Oh, and moral way, bias. I have, moral, I have a moral. I have a moral uh, um, uh, objection to it. Then, but I mean, the, I, the the other thing there to to, to so th- th- this conversation with Dr. Jans actually hasn't come out yet. It is it is a fucking phenomenal conversation that we had, which is coming up in the in the coming weeks. Um, basically, it, we discussed uh, the idea of made, um, but some of the issues that are that exist within the legislation of made, especially for people living with physical disabilities, like something like CP, which Dr. Jans lives with. Um, the thing is about this, though, Tay, is that this this man, this elderly man, is living with stage three chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Right? He can't like, dude, forty uh, lung function of in, in the forties. That's no. At at a as a thirty two year two year old man, that would fucking suck. As an eighty yeah. three year old man, I agree with you. I can't. I, agree. I can't. I'm imagine. just saying from a from a legal from an objective legal standpoint, I'm saying that there's like a that there's a that there is something within yeah. that. Yeah, maybe thing. maybe perhaps. And, but and I mean, I, I'm stepping back from my own opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like but I did, agree. I think did, that it's crazy to file a lawsuit. Did you get? Did you guys hear um, who funded <laughs> who funded the legal? battle from for the wife's side uh no go why don't you let us know it was the um youth and euthanasia prevention coalition Mm. there's like a society for it Mm -hmm. and the 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 uh, the thing that just kind of like bums me out the most about this entire situation is that in the obituary for jack Sorensen. Um, the donation request at the end is for donations to be made to the euthanasia prevention coalition. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, this, mm-hmm. again, feel good Friday. This is, this isn't some feel good material, but it, but it's important nonetheless. And here's the thing I want to say, like after our conversation with Dr. Jans, like, yeah, the legislation that, that surrounds made right now isn't perfect. There, there's, there's work that needs to be done. Um, but but everything surrounding the story just just puts it just makes me feel like I just ate some carrots and I fucking hate carrots. Uh, the Sorensons <laughs> had known each other for more than sixty years and were married for forty eight. That is a long ass time. 
After Catherine Sorensen launched her legal efforts to stop her husband from accessing maid, he moved out of their shared home and the couple stopped speaking. Oh my God, how sad is yeah, that? Yeah, it's so sad. In an interview Tuesday, Catherine Sorensen said she last spoke with her husband on August 15th when she called him and learned he had made a suicide attempt. At that time, a temporary injection was legally preventing him from maid. She learned of his death when the funeral home called to tell her they had his body. Like, you know, man, <clears throat> it's crazy like, that they had such, they had such a divide in their views. I mean, yeah. like you think about, you think about like young couples and, and, yeah. and it's not uncommon for young couples to, to go, Hey, uh, I want a baby. And the other one doesn't. And then go, Oh, okay. Well, this is a, a total game. This isn't going to work. <laughs> and like, and like it, our relationship might not survive because of that. But you think about 80 something year olds that have been together forever. Mm. Like, and then they have this massive difference of opinion on something. I mean, like fundamental life altering life yeah. in every sense Man, of the word. Like, yeah, it's huge. It's crazy. It's, it's, yeah. it's really it's, hard. It's really hard to put yourself in the shoes of the person to really understand the full situation just by reading an article. But like mm. the thing that bums me out is that like, if you, you know, assuming that he wasn't delusional to the point where he can make decisions for himself. If, if you love that person and that's what they want to do with their life and they're, they're ready to, to go and they're, they're suffering, they feel they're suffering, like preventing that. And again, like I'm just putting my own opinion on this, but preventing them from being able to mm. access what is their legal right to access made and like, it's not like they just give out made willy nilly. You know? Yeah, I mean, like, like, like yeah. it, it's not. Yeah, it isn't. It isn't. It, 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 they aren't quite just going. Yeah, anybody step right up. Sure. And yeah. It, again, again, you want there, it? There, there are ch- there are changes that need to be made, and that will become uh, evident after after our listeners hear that conversation with Doctor Jans. But you're right. It's not like that. You know, I can't. I can't just today go fuck. See it. The idea of my lungs like crashing and burning over the next 10 years sucks. I want to, I want made like that. That doesn't work. It doesn't, it's yeah, not like that. Mm-hmm. You know? do it that way. No. Uh, mm-hmm. Although it, yeah. it, it is interesting. Taryn did go on to say, um, this is qu- a quote from, from the wife. Uh, I've had a wonderful life with Jack. <clears throat> there has been as with many marriages, lots of varying opinions between the spouses. And I thought we did a pretty good job of re- reconciling two pretty opposite views. She said, referring to her differences of religion. She's a practicing Christian, and he had been an atheist since early childhood. Wow. Uh, she said they dealt with their differences, quote, until this issue came up of end of life, which is obviously a very large issue when you, uh, when you look at it from the perspective of religion and mm-hmm. the, you know, belief versus non-belief. Um, yeah, fucking crazy, though. You know, like, it just, I don't know. Yeah, it just sucks that he couldn't have the love and care and comfort of his partner because of this at the end of his life. For me, that's like one of the most, one of the more tragic aspects of this too. And, Mm -hmm. and I I bet in in contrast to your thought, Taylor, for me, I, I thought it was maybe the most valid that she thought, Oh, he's too anxious to make this type of decision. Like, especially after, and we haven't released this episode yet, but the conversation with Thomas, who mm. was one of the first Canadians to receive um, psilocybin treatment to treat end of life anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it just sucks that she, they, their relationship wasn't up. Yeah. I don't know, man. But it wasn't she healthy made, enough, or they were in too much disagreement to be able to. 
Is your cat is your cat is your cat currently requesting mate? Is that what's going on? Your cat's like, you don't fucking feed me, so just end it already. Uh, Catherine Sorensen, she needs a hero's dose of mushrooms. Yeah, yeah, you know that maybe that's the maybe that's the thing. You know, just give get get Catherine a big old dose of DMT, and then she'll go. Oh, I met God, and he's okay with this. (laughs) <laughs> um yeah so interesting stuff there and uh kind of a bummer um r.i.p um uh mr sorensen uh was that, his, was that his name anyway i forget uh but uh that was uh <laughs> was, jack <laughs> was that his name oh, mad re- mad respect bro. mad respect mad what respect. was your name yeah. ah, fuck it don't remember uh <laughs> donate to the euthanasia organization yeah. no you know what <laughs> I, I am gonna step in and say don't do that if you listen to the show i i i yeah. I, I, yeah. I gravely uh i think I, i'm pretty okay with openly yeah, opposing saying, saying euthanasia yeah. prevention prevention coalition, coalition. Yeah. yeah except for my cat yeah. Um, except for your cat, of course. I got, uh, here's another little interesting thing. If you guys want to, if you guys want to know something kind of interesting, uh, this is, I, I love the, I love the title of this article. Swish, gargle, spit. Reminds me of, um, the bop it. Swish, gargle, spit. Behold the Hmm. new kid friendly COVID-19 test. Hmm. Uh, this is coming out of Halifax from the star from Steve McKinley. We all inherently know. Swish gargle spit is much better than a stick up the nose. You know the old the the old saying would rather <laughs> would rather swish and gargle and spit it than take a no, a stick up the nose. Yeah, you know <laughs> that's going you're I mean you're going way back that's to childhood famous. with that There's one. A, that's an old one. Yeah. staple. It's an old one. Man, the nostalgia is real right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're a kid and you need to get tested for coronavirus in Halifax, at least you'll have that option now. If you're an adult, well, for the time being, it looks like you get the shaft. The IWK <laughs> Health Center in Halifax, one of the country's major pediatric hospitals, began Wednesday to roll out a pilot project in which the nasal swab test for COVID-19 is replaced with one called, in technical terms, the gargle swish test. Sounds like a new TikTok dance. Hey, Bri? <laughs> it does, yeah. I'm already thinking of what that looks like. <laughs> the gargle and swish. The patient swishes oh, five. Oh, the pa- oh, oh god! <laughs> the patient swishes five millimeters milliliters of saline in their mouth for five seconds, then tilts their head back and gargles for five more. They repeat that process two more times, then spit it onto the floor. <laughs> In- into a into a spittoon. Tink. <laughs> We and that's it. Sound effects now for everything. I feel like there's contamination issues. No, it's it, it's that, it's spit it, into a cup. That's that's actually what it is. okay. Uh, and then done. <laughs> Thirty seconds, all told. No stick up the nose. No fuss. No mess. Unless you lack an aptitude for gargling. Okay. The cup goes <laughs> okay. off to the lab, and the results come back in seventy-two hours. Uh, the new test is reportedly ninety-eight percent sensitive for COVID nineteen, which puts puts it on par with the nasal nasal swab test. Unfortunately, for the foreseeable future, the test is only available to t- children ages 4 to 18. This is, that's f- fucking bullshit, man. Why, why, why do kids get the banana medicine, right? Why do kids get the, the fucking, the, the Flintstone chewables? Why do kids get to do the, the gargle swish spit TikTok dance? And I gotta, I gotta take <laughs> sticks up the nose, swallow fucking pills the size of horse antibiotics, and, and drink medicine that tastes like, uh, like, 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 
Robitussin. Like, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Like, ro- yeah, like horse well, cum. Yeah, yeah. I was, gonna, I was, yeah, I was gonna say something really gross, but, but um, that shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, why the fuck do the kids get? The- Have you had the nose test, dude? It's not bad. Not bad, says the guy who's like, yeah, everything, like, up, oh, nothing fucking bothers me. Dude, I've had several <laughs> nose surgeries. Okay, my sinuses are fucked. I don't like stuff going in my body, and I think that's okay. I don't want that. I don't want things being poked and prodded into my body. It gives me anxiety. I have a fucking problem with it. And just no, give me the swish, no, gargle, spit, okay? Can I, wanna- I just ask a question, though? Uh, I just want to know if, if, okay, I'm just saying this, but if... COVID-19 is as transmissible and as infectious as they say it is. <laughs> Couldn't you just, well, why do you need mouthwash? Can't you just fucking spit in the spittoon and them test it and it give you, get like, come That's, back positive for COVID? That is, act, like, why aren't we just coughing into a fucking tissue and giving it to a Can't scientist? we? Right. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> That's, uh, That's a guys, legit good question, know, isn't it? I feel it? like there's so many answers to your questions. I feel I like, but yeah, of, but when when I, I think about it in my super simple brain, it makes sense. I dude, yeah. I've been doing this podcast for five years. All right, I think, I think I know. True, and I, and and True. and we might as well just get Doctor Gold, 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 uh, uh, Bloom, Gold, uh, no, <laughs> um, uh, Doctor Strang, Daddy Strang. I mean, there's yeah, we could have Daddy Dr. Strang, Dr. Goldman. On. Uh, yeah, Dr. Goldman. We can get Dr. Goldman on. The host of and, two uh, CBC oh, podcasts. Brian yeah, yeah, Goldman. The, yeah, the, the, other, the other fucking CBC health podcast. That he guy. Just had a, he, just had, he just had a brain. Jeremy just had a brain tooth. That's all. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's all that was. But, that's the, yeah. but actually, so if, if, we could, if, if we could cough into each other's mouths and give each other COVID, can't we just cough into a Can't you just uh, cough on a, on, a, a on a, yeah, cough on a fucking Q-tip? Yeah, like I don't, I like if I have COVID, you're not gonna get it from me by sticking your finger way, way up my nose, touching yeah, my will. brain, and yeah, then licking it. Yeah, well, I mean, you will. Sorry, yeah, you fucking you will. will. But yeah. that's not the only way you're gonna get it. No, you get it if you, you know, just like went, if you just went, oh fuck, and sneezed on. Right. You. Yeah. Yeah, but think so, about it this way: in in the with the information that we have about there being many people who don't and will not spread it, so somebody gets it. There's many people. It was something that was like. Eight out of ten people will not like give it to anybody. They're not super then, spreaders. There's only a few. Yeah, and, and then and then you'll have and then you have then you have few, very few people who are giving it to a lot of people. So if if most of the people who have it aren't passing it on, or at least they're not passing it on, they're passing it on very little. Then their cough probably doesn't have very much viral load in it, but the viral load might be like hanging out in their throat more. I don't know. Yeah. That's my well, that's dude, my best guess. I believe well, that. I believe it. One thing that well, I've been I, doing this podcast for five years, so I mean that makes sense. That I get that right. <laughs> yeah. The the thing that I like to always remember is uh, actually uh, so funny little story. I went into uh, I went into the hospital today. It was the first time I went into the hospital. And uh, since COVID broke out, it fucking felt weird. Um, I was masked up to shit. And I was like, I ain't touching anything. Anyway, I went in there to do my pulmonary lung function test. And uh, the, the RT who, who did the test for me, um, you know, they're, they're like, Jeremy. And I was like, yeah, that's me. And I went into the office and they're like, okay, so we're going to go, like, you're going to go in this box and you got to blow in the thing. And they, you know, they were like, they were chatting for a while. And I was like, yeah, I know the drill. And then they were like, love the podcast. And I was like, oh, cool, sweet. And then we started talking and they were like, you know, they were like, I've learned a lot. You know, I've learned a lot from the show. And I was like, wow, it's always really trippy to, for me to hear because I, I went to theater school. Because most I'm of having, it's just made up. I'm having a professional <laughs> medical professional who's telling me that they've learned a lot from my show. I was like, that's really cool. Thank you for saying that. It means a lot. 
And then I, I'm like, I, I'm just sitting here talking to you guys about this shit, and I'm remembering like, dude, there's a lot of medical professionals that listen to the show, and when we get into this shit, I'm always like, are they? Do they get we're joking? Like, do they get it's a? Do they do they hear the sarcasm, or are they like, fuck me, these guys? I feel like the sarcasm well, must come through because if it didn't, I feel like we wouldn't have an audience. What were you gonna say, Lo? Yeah. I was just going to say that, you know, since we have the ear of all these medical professionals, I have an idea for a COVID test that's like foolproof and fun for the little ones and the the tall grown up ones. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want to hear this. COVID is transmitted fecally, correct? Well, actually, actually, uh, according to Dr. Larson. You can find it in the poo. uh, According to Dr. Larson, he was saying it it, it can be detected in the poo, but. The exactly. science really isn't out that it can be actually spread by the poo. However, okay, so we're going to spread but detected because this is for a COVID detected. test. Yes. Okay. All right. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm with mm-hmm. you. COVID testing toilets. They yeah. scan our buttholes <laughs> for prints. Don't you remember? Mm-hmm. Don't you they remember? Right. The, right? Don't you remember toilet. the toilets the that we talked about in the live show? The the smart toilet. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, I that, think that, that, that's that, a good idea. That shit's out there. The smart. If you if you're not familiar, folks, Google it. The smart toilet is a toilet that has cameras that looks into your asshole. Um, it has it has pee strips that test your piss. Your piss. It has, um, I think it has like, I don't know, uh, like a, a scale that weighs your shit. Um, it has, it it, 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 it it can tell who you are because your asshole is like your fingerprint. It's, we ha- our assholes are so unique. We, we have these perfectly beautiful little uh, um, snowflake. Snowflake-like assholes. Snowflake. <laughs> Buttholes, oh, you know. Uh, mm-mm, mm-mm. So it, I think you're right. That was Lo, a good like, sound. have a you know, add a little, uh, add a little, I don't know, whatever, uh, a, a Q-tip, the the length of however long it should be to go up to your brain, and just shit on it. Do you guys? Exactly. <laughs> do you guys think? Do you think that you know how there's this sort of like obsession with human optimization? And like Taylor, you're a, yeah. you're a prime example of this. You know, you wear you wear two devices to track no, your. Your HRV. Yeah, that's right. You wear your whoop strap and you wear your 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 fucking ring. Thanos ring. No, No, I just I (laughs) I was switching from one to the other. So so if you still have them both, and 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 you know Taylor, you were willing to wear a strap around your arm, as was I for for uh, for a long time. And I'm wondering, like, what are the craziest things that people would do to be able to track their body to understand more about it, so that they could optimize performance? Like, do you think? If there was a toilet that instead of like scanning, like Jerry, you said this, it weighs your shit. So like if you had a toilet that weighed your shit and then told you on a daily basis the weight of your poop and what that meant for your, for your overall body health, do you think that there would be a group of people that would be large enough that this product would be successful, that they would they would be into doing that to track Always. their, yeah, their health? Always. If, it can, if it can substantiate the benefit, then yeah. Hundred percent. Because when I think about, like, for example, the Whoop or the Aura Ring, um, like both Ura. of which I tried, I wore, the, I wore the Whoop for a while, and now I'm trying out this Aura Ring. Like, it's it's like, oh, you pay money to like try and like I, I the way that I said it to somebody else the other day, I was like, would you buy a car that doesn't have a check engine light? Like, because if the check engine light isn't there and your engine, <laughs> I have a fucked, question for you and you don't know, then that's crazy. And have you ever had your check engine light? 
come on and it be accurate about something. I feel like check engine lights are always running in old okay, cars well, and people are just like, a, whatever. A, okay. Okay. How about this? Low gas light. That's way more reliable. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I would. That's, I, that's buy I, buy t- I buy a Tesla. Yeah. So got you because there, you, Because, it, because it, would suck to, it would suck for it to be on low gas and for you to not know. And that's like one, one, what one of those like things my van. does. So, right. Like exactly like your van. And so if you, if the, if the product can give you like actionable information that can substantiate health improvements, then there should be a market out there for them. Well, okay. I know that so we're if, joking if you had of to, of the, all right, of let's the smart toilet, but I know, let's see I know where you would stop then. So if, if, if the toilet weighed your shit, well, here, let, let me, let me that. actually okay. go into it. Cause I know we talked about this on the live show, but here's, so it's a smart toilet, but not the kind that lifts its own lid in preparation for use, which we, which if you haven't used a wash the Toto uh, 3000, get your fucking life. Because you, yeah. You gotta, you gotta get, uh, get into one of those. This toilet is fitted with technology that can detect a range of disease markers in stool and urine, including those of some cancers, such as colorectal or urologic cancers. The device could be particularly appealing to individuals who are genetically predisposed to certain conditions, such as irritable bowel syndrome, prostate cancer, or kidney failure. Are you going to put that, are you going to shut that cat up? Uh, and, and want to keep and want to go want to keep on top of their health. Uh, quote, our concept dates back well over 15 years, said Gampier, professor and chair of radiology. Quote, when it when I'd bring it up, people would sort of laugh because it seemed like an interesting idea, but also a bit odd, unquote. With a pilot study of 21 participants now completed, Gampier and his team have made their vision of a precision health focused smart t- toilet a reality. Gambier's toilet is an ordinary toilet outfitted with gadgets inside the bowl. So it's kind of like my tushy, right? You just kind of add it to the bowl. These tools, mm-hmm. a suite of different technologies, use motion sensing to deploy a, uh, mixtures of tests that assess the health velocity of any deposits. Of the poop so, coming out of your yeah, bottle. Yeah, so it's like, yeah. Uh, urine samples undergo physical and molecular analysis. Stool assessment is based on physical char- characteristics. So it's not weighing the poop, but it's going, hey, hey I've got, a, I've got a question for you. It looks like, yeah. Do you guys find, I had this thought the today and I think possibly yesterday. Okay, so you've had your coffee. You woke up, you had your coffee. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, half hour later, things are starting to happen. And you go to the toilet. And it feels like you got to have a doo-doo like super, super badly. But really, you realize that only half of the sensation that you had was the doo-doo. And the other one was a fart. That was trapped behind the doo doo. Yeah. So when you pooped, it like the velo- and this came up to my head, Bri, because you brought up velocity. The velocity of your doo doo is just like I mean, like record breaking velocities. Are you talking about like your you're, you're you're pushing out a poop and it goes yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah. Or the because velocity it's like a, it because, goes down the sphincter. Right. Because there's like a pneumatic. Because there's like Coming a pneumatic out. process behind yeah. it. That's like. Really popping it off, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and you're exactly. sure that exactly. it came out. You're sure that it came out as a solid ship, but when you look in the toilet, it looks like diarrhea because a, it hit the toilet so hard yeah. that it yeah, just yeah, yeah. disintegrated oh into a, pile, it's brown, a, a it's watery brown water. Also, we're yeah. a CBC podcast now, folks. Uh, we are, we are, also, we are, we are required say, to say that at least six times in the show. And uh, we try to say it right after every time we say anything to do with poop or cum. Uh, so uh, CBC podcast. We're a CBC podcast. I don't know how two, three, four, CBC podcast, anybody five, learns CBC something podcast. from this. Six. Um, I, what I wanted to ask is, like, what, at what point would you not be into the human optimization point? Like, right. if you, so, so, so like, weighing it, your right? shit, you guys are all good with? This might be it. 
Quote, it's actionable. Quote, the toilet automatic. This might be your this might be people's out after watching the social dilemma. Here we go. The toilet automatically sends data extracted from any sample to a secure cloud based system for safekeeping. In the future, Gambier said the system could be integrated into any healthcare provider's record keeping system for quick and easy access. Now, if there are people out there who think that 5G is going to give you COVID, there's most certainly going to be fucking people out there that think that these toilets are going to use their poop pictures and data and velocity record keeping to give them anal AIDS or something. I don't fucking know, but I'm sure there's people out there that most certainly will think that these this data will be used to somehow to somehow 1984 these fucking people and and take hold of their brains and 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 add them to the uh, to turn them into the cogs that they truly are and get lost in the machine that is our government okay so say say that that's wow, the case okay. say that say that say that sorry say that um the person is okay with their data being shared and say that this poop technology is able to like tell them revolutionary new information about their body that's going to like l- allow them to make significant gains towards whatever goals they're trying to achieve. Yeah, I, love, okay? I love that you're saying so, revolutionary info. It's like your your urine today is uh, a little bit uh, on the dehydrated side of things. You're you're a little bit depleted in vitamin D, and uh, your shit is a five on the on the stool scale. Uh, you could use a little bit more fiber in your diet. You're like, so, okay. So, so say that this, say that this, um, that would be revolutionary. Say that this new app came, came with the same like journaling capabilities as, as whoop. So like with, with your whoop strap, you know, like your, your data is collected on a daily basis, but then you can also like manually enter in different things about your day that will like help you keep track of certain like extra things. Like, like, did you drink coffee today or whatever? So if you were able to add in um, data points to this new poop metric, Mm. this new poop metric, would you, um, would you personally note down if one of the things was smell, would you smell it and journal that if that was going to give you a benefit in data? Like a poo sommelier? A poo headphones shut off. Yeah, you need yeah, a like, yeah, you, you, you need a course. You need a course yeah, in exactly. poo smells. Yeah. Oh guys. So I don't know how poo I don't know. Well, like, you know how poo smells. I don't know. This whole thing just now it's starting to remind me of that bit of Nathan for you where he makes the poo flavored frozen yogurt and he yeah. does that focus group yeah. without <laughs> telling people that it's poo flavored frozen yogurt. And then one chick goes, Oh, kinda kind of tastes like poop and then he seizes on it yeah. and you can tell that he it's it's not even funny to him anymore he's just flabbergasted he's like wait what how do you know do you, yeah. that means how do you know yeah how do you know it tastes like i don't know it just kind of tastes like i think she's in the scab play man poop would taste like you know? she likes she likes poo she likes poutines what when bry uh okay yeah all right start start it again brian's recording stopped here we go. Technical difficulties. Well, good because we're gonna, we got to wrap this fucking yeah, we got, shit we got, up. We got to we got to wrap this up. We've been talking about this toilet for way too long. We got to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> uh, are you recording, Bray? Let's just let's just go right into a wrap. All right, fuck it, bro. F- fuck it, fuck it, Brian. Brian's recording uh, died. He's not here anymore. It doesn't matter because we're throwing to this week's episode. Uh, we spoke with 
uh, the co-founders of Death Deck, and uh, and I hope that they enjoyed sitting through all of that garbage that we just talked about. Uh, uh, Taylor, go ahead, down in front, yes? One of the, we spoke with one of the founders. Yes, right, one of the founders. Did I say both? Um, I'm, I just know yes. that they're, they're both listening right now. So uh, and this is a really fun conversation. We played the game of Death Deck. If you're not familiar with what it is, you're about to find out. Um, and we will see all of you on the other side of this little conversation. All right. Well, we are here and it is October and we are sticking to this very fun, spooktacular theme that we've been on, this train we've been on, the death train. And uh, what better way, (laughs) what better way to do it than by talking to uh, our friend Lori today, who is behind the wonderful uh, death deck. I'm holding my hands right now. People can't see it. But it is this sweet little set of cards. I guess, you know, it, it's kind of like, it's kind of a game. It sort of reminds me of um, Cards Against Humanity. But instead of, instead of uh, um, just really crass and uh, juvenile, immature humor... Which, which we know right nothing about. Hey, come on now. <laughs> That's all I know. Um, it's, it's a stack of cards to kind of get you thinking about and talking about and normalizing the idea of death. Uh, Lori, why don't you take it away and give us a little explanation of who you are and what Death Deck is all about? Yeah, well, that was such a great introduction because we we have often been called the Cards for Humanity um, oh, for that very God. reason. That's awesome. That's fucking great. Right? I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and we would love. I mean, our ultimate goal is to be on that you know shelf next to you know Cards Against Humanity at Target or whatever um, as an alternative. You know, it's it's awfully mm. fun to talk about uh, raunchy stuff a lot of the time, but it's also awfully insightful and fun to talk about things like death and dying in the afterlife believe mm. it or not mm-hmm. so well we, we've learned that over the last five years you know it's been a big part of um our podcast to talk about death and you know sometimes it is sometimes it's heavy but sometimes it's really fun it's it's really uh engaging and exciting to to talk about this thing that is so taboo this thing that is so you know widely feared at least here in the western world and uh, and it's so it's so rife with interesting tidbits, you know, like when we when we spoke with Caitlin Doty um, uh, from down in L.A., down down your way, Lori, yep. um, you know, she, you you talk to this woman about death and you can't you can't get away from how how interesting those conversations are, because there's so much to mm-hmm. to kind of sink your teeth into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the problem is, and why we created this game is because most of the time we have those conversations in the moment when someone has been diagnosed with an illness or someone mm-hmm. is facing their imminent death. And that's really not the time to be having these conversations. We should be having them ahead of time so that we're more comfortable talking about them. And the language is not so taboo. We're more at ease with what we're talking about subject matter wise. So Look. go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, like, what what is it that inspired you to to want to create this deck of cards to inspire those conversations? Because, like, as Jeremy mentioned, we've we started this podcast five years ago and we started talking about these topics, but it's not something that I would have 
spoken about with my friends until we actually started doing this podcast. What what was it that inspired you or made you realize that, oh, people aren't having these conversations and it would be great to put together something that could be the catalyst to inspire them to have these conversations, as you mentioned, in times when, you know, they're just you know sitting around the kitchen table and not mm. necessarily um, in the moment of hearing that a loved one has been diagnosed with a, a terminal illness, for example. Yeah, exactly. It came out of my personal tragedy. And it came out of a moment in time where I had to sit down with my late husband and have a conversation about final wishes. And he had been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. It was about 10 months into his illness. Um, he passed away um, after a year, after his, after his diagnosis. And it's something that you know, we felt like we were prepared for before he was diagnosed. We had advanced directives, we had wills, we had life insurance policies, but there were so many details that we didn't talk about. There were so many things in the moment that, you know, just weren't part of that initial conversation that we had years and years uh, earlier than when this happened. So having to sit down with him and ask these questions in the moment was so excruciating. And after he had passed away and after I was processing my grief, um, I began to get a little angry at the fact that, you know, like, why, why didn't we have these conversations? Why? We just didn't know a lot of the times, but part of it was that because we just don't have these conversations in life. So the deck itself was created with um, the hospice social worker, Lisa Paul, who came into my home when my husband was on home hospice. And we um, connected at such a deep level. She was the one who shepherded me through that really dark, awful, chaotic time. And, you know, she was there. She answered the questions. She sat with me. Uh, it continued after long after he had passed away, we still would have these conversations. And, you know, she sees it every day in hospice of people who are at that last final moment who haven't had any conversations. And it just, it's just so painful and chaotic. And so, you know, we got to talking like, well, why, why, why is this not happening? Why is the, why is there not this conversation being had? And we realized it was, you know, there, there's not a lot of ways to start it. So, you know, we, figured out, okay, how can we get people to have these conversations? I come from a background in comedy. So I thought, you know what, let's create it into a game. Let's have it interactive. Let's put a little humor into it so that we can ice break it. Let's just get people to start talking about it. And then from there, hopefully there'll be some call to actions. It gets a little deeper in the conversation, but you know, ultimately that the, the game itself was missing in the market. It was, it's the game that I wish I could have played with my husband years before he was diagnosed. Are you tired of hearing the same old wellness advice? It's time to dig deeper and listen to America Dissected from Crooked Media, the podcast that's cutting into the science, culture, and policy that shapes our health. From doctors fighting for their rights to the surprising truths about sunscreen, America Dissected dives deep into the state of health. Tune in every Tuesday for new episodes of America Dissected, available on all major podcast platforms. 
you yeah, were, you, you mentioned there, I, I, that was, that was going to be my, that was going to be the question that was on the tip of my tongue was about comedy because we, you know, mm. we, I, I think we, we mentioned it just before we started recording there that we, uh, we played with our Patreon, uh, with our Patreon community on our, on our hangout, um, a couple of weeks ago. And there was one card that was like something on the lines of, um, if you like, uh, if your like significant other was murdered and you knew who did it, um, you know, would you, you know, would you, would you seek vengeance on them? Would you go to the police or would you like you, would you give up? Would you start your own investigation? Something along those lines were the options. And like, and, you know, it was just a, it just, it just, it, it bred a hilarious conversation of, uh, of, 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 of seeking personal vengeance and like taking justice into your own hands. And, uh, and, and, and now you, you said you come from a background in comedy. So, so what is, tell us about that background and, and did that play a role in your, in the experience that you had when your husband was diagnosed and in the, in the period leading up to his death mm. yeah, and how you dealt so, with it, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, there was, there was not a lot of comedy when he, you know, was going through getting diagnosed and really up in through the first couple of years of going through the grieving process. I mean, it was one of the really interesting things. I come from a film and television background of, of writing and working in comedy. I mean, all about physical written comedy. I mean, I, I love a good pratfall. I love, you know, I love you guys because you guys make me laugh. I mean, that's what it's all about. But um, the interesting thing that happened was I realized that I completely lost my sense of humor. I mean, it just Ooh. like yeah. for years, which was so odd to me that I had, you know, I just, there was nothing, nothing at all after coming, you know, that was my life. And, you know, people would call me, you know, I was the witty one, you know, with the, the quirks Ooh. and whatnot um, in conversation, but then it was just gone. So um, the interesting thing that happened was um, I received a, a card in the mail after he had died of someone who didn't know that he had passed away. And this person was invited to his celebration of life, but thought that it was like a coming home uh, party for him that he was going to be at. And it was such a dark, awful uh, moment of realizing this person didn't know, but something about it and imagining this person showing up as celebration of life, thinking he was going to be, be there just sparked this like very dark comedy moment in me and it just it was such a blessing that you know that that had happened and it just it was it was great because it brought my my humor back um mm -hmm. but it was um, of course at her expense thinking that a celebration was a party but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was imagine we see the, we see the humor too. as well yeah. <laughs> celebration yeah, um, of life and you're like all right let's go where, where oh, is wait. joe where is joe <laughs> well and i imagine i really i mean i imagine like who she'd be sitting next to and it was just such a, a, a vibrant colorful celebration with balloons and de decorating cupcakes and just everything about him that you know was was brought to life about him. And so, I mean, it was, it was dark, but it was just something about it was just, it, it snapped my humor back. So I don't know mm. if I answered your question, Taylor. But <laughs> no, I, I mean, I think you didn't. I think that, and I, and I appreciate, I appreciate um, the honesty in saying that, you know, at the time it was like in that, in that moment and in that, in the time of him being diagnosed and the time leading up to his death, that 
it it wasn't there and it and you lost it but but found it again and and like you said when you were introducing kind of the premise of the of the game is that like the comedy is the icebreaker it's the it's the it is the catalyst it's it's the thing that allows you to almost like a permission of sorts to have to get Ooh. into this conversation without without all of the you know quote unquote baggage that comes with the idea of talking about death. And, you know, it's something that we obviously subscribe to. And what what we've been saying is like the thing that gets us to the thing that allows us to get to the meat, to get to the the heart of the issue. It's a, it's a way to like, it's a way to de-armor yourself and the people that you're around. You know, it's like we put up these defenses and then you started off with a little bit of laugh and the, you know, the, like, uh, like our friend Jody Carrington said the other day, it's like your shoulders drop, you know, you become a little more soft, you become a little more receptive and open to, to, you know, what's in front of you. It's, it's, it's that de-armoring that we need when it comes to these subject, these subjects and these topics that we, that we so, that we so easily put our defenses up about, you know, and, mm-hmm. and because we've been raised that way, we've been raised to be afraid. We've been raised to be cautious or, or, you know, protect ourselves or we're protecting when we go into those, those modes of thought. And so the laughter, I, I, I feel like it's such a, it's such a fucking great tool to kind of like, to just, mm-hmm. you know, sink into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like a, it's like a good story arc in a, in a show or movie where they take you into that space where you feel sad and uncomfortable and then they relieve Ooh. some of that tension Ooh. by inserting a laugh right after that or not. Yeah. And like biologically we have an aversion to, to, to wanting to, to not wanting to talk about challenging things because it doesn't make us feel good. We feel, we feel sad. We feel, when we think of death, we think of the people that we've lost in our lives. And so Ooh. having that piece of comedy definitely helps to, um, smoothen that transition into having those conversations and feeling like it's okay. You do have the permission to talk about those subjects and, and experience the tough side or the sad emotional side of it with the, levity of the humor too mm-hmm. yeah because we're talking i mean illness death dying i mean th- those those are heavy heavy topics yeah. so you know nobody it, it just seems like you know yeah you're, you're right the hands go up i don't want to talk about it. the armor goes up but you know we feel like if we can get in there and get a little chuckle you know we're not laughing at death but we're we're laughing at you know the fact that we can laugh at it and we can, you know, bring a little levity and talk about these, you know, subjects, you know, with, with a little bit of light. Mm -hmm. Can you, can you explain the, can you explain the, 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 the game or the, or the, you know, the deck itself? Um, what kind of, what kind of, like if someone picked up a deck right now, um, and, and they were going to sit down and, you know, whip out these cards, what, what are they, what are they going to find? What are they going to see in there? Yeah. Well, they're going to find 112 cards, Uh, 80 of them are multiple choice. So they have an A, B, C answer. Uh, And then the 32 remainders are sort of thought-provoking, open-ended. And typically what you would find if you were looking for something to start this conversation, the only thing that we could find out there was the open-ended questions. And we felt like, you know, when you get put on the spot of asking someone an open-ended question, sometimes, you know, if you haven't thought about something or if you haven't, you know, had that discussion, it's it's really tough. So we Ooh. decided to mainly keep it at multiple choice because if you haven't thought about it, then you can kind of align yourself to an answer that you felt most comfortable with. 
And we also made it multiple choice so that we could have it with a guessing element. So what you do, it's a, it's a card game. You can play it a number of different ways. Mm. Um, our favorite way is with a group of friends. Like you were saying, with the Cards Against Humanity, you gather up friends. You partner up either with your best friend, your spouse, your partner. You can even with a family member. And then you play in teams. So what you mm. do is you pull a card. You ask the question, you answer how you would answer, you try to guess how your partner would answer, and you score points. If you can guess their answer, you get a point. If they can guess your answer, you get a point. And that way it gets a little, you know, those people who like that competitive edge uh, (laughs) get to do that, yes. The thing, thing, just to to point out the fact that you, you mentioned, like, if you hadn't thought about it already, the multiple choice is a good way to, like, have your, to be able to have the ability to align to an answer. I found that that was... It's it's so true, but it's also true in in the sense that it helps inspire how you would think about that answer further too, or that think about that question further too. So there were some answers, for example, that would say um, yes, but I wouldn't want this thing, and then I would I would read the answer to that and say yes, but I don't align with the second part of that, but I would think of it more this way, and it would kind of inspire this mm. own um, way of thinking in my head where I could actually then start to create my own idea of how I would answer that question if it Mm. was an open-ended question. Mm. Yeah. And that's exactly what we love about it as well, is that people will come up with, well, it's, it's, my answer is D and they come up with their own answer. Right. You know, it's not about the points. It's about, you know, having the conversations and opening up and, and it's fascinating to see what what people will come up with. How did did you, uh, how did you collect the, how did you collect the ideas for the different answers. Um, Mm. like were you like, did you, did you have a, did you try to just collect a bunch of different perspectives? Because I noticed that while we were playing, when you were asked a question and then you get these multiple choice and you go, well, I'm this. And then you're, and then you're sort of also confronted with the idea that, but not everybody is that because there's all Mm. these, these other answers and like, and, and, and some of them are like, Oh, you could, you could think of it this way. That's interesting. I've right. never yeah. even I've never it's never even occurred to me that I might approach this situation with this circumstance from this perspective. Like I, I to to piggyback on that Taylor and before you answer that question Larry, like just as an example, um I have a I have a card here from the deck um after this is this is one of the multiple choices, right? After you are dead, will you know you have died? And the the three choices, A, yes, I'll have access to lots of information in the afterlife which I think is pretty funny. Uh, B, no, I will be in heaven or reincarnated, but won't know about my death. Or C, nope, just a whole bunch of blackness. You know, like those are three very, they are three very different uh, opinions of like what happens in the afterlife. You know, it's, and, and I feel like, I feel like if, if, if Taylor and, and Brian and, and, and I, like I, I don't know what you guys would answer to that. I, and, and I, yeah, yeah. So it's like it is. It is like so. To Taylor's question, like, what did you did? Like, I know it was you and Lisa that that put this together. But like, there's a lot of fucking cards in here. Like, how did how did you guys come to come to so many different like multiple choice answers? Yeah, I mean, we wanted to cover all the vases that we could. I mean, my Ooh. perspective is coming from it from a personal experience and Ooh. personal loss, and those questions I felt could have, should have been asked and answered. Mm. 
Mm. Lisa's coming from a professional experience of seeing it in, you know, whether it's in hospice or the ER where she also works, you know, <clears throat> seeing what what sort of things that could be, you know, part of these dialogues, these conversations. Mm. So, you know, it took us about a year and a half of going back and forth and, okay, did we cover that? Okay. How about organ donation? Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Mm. How about what mm -hmm. you talked about the, you know, the murder card, you know, we liked to, to kind of cover as much as we could in the topic of death, dying and the afterlife. I'm sure we missed some things, but sure, we tried sure. to be as thorough as possible with figuring out, you know, what, what questions would and could be asked. And then from there, yeah. it was kind of fun to go in and, you know, well, what would be the yes answer to that? What would be the no answer to that? And what would be the maybe answer to right. that on mm, some of the right. questions, you know, mm. where it comes into that alignment of where, where you kind of fit. And then originally we had four answers and we found that that was, that was too much. That was too wordy um, mm -hmm. to, to play in a game. So it was kind of a back and forth trial and error of figuring out, okay, that seems right. And then from there, you know, where do we inject the comedy? You know, where, right. where can we get that laugh so that we can get people in to having that conversation? Do, yeah. do you feel like there's uh, are there any cards in the deck that really represent or reflect your experience with, losing your husband? Like, are there any cards that specifically sort of speak to that? I think a lot of them speak to that. And mm -hmm. a lot of the things that come up that were unanswered, you know, that, mm -hmm. yeah. that could and should be answered. Um, mm -hmm. Again, part my personal experience, Lisa's professional experience right. from that. Mm -hmm. So I think, but, I think that there's something in there because in your answer there, because Death, although everyone experiences it differently, mm. there's a there's such a universality <clears throat> to death. I mean, we're all going there. We're all we all know somebody. I mean, you can't, you can't escape it. It is the inescapable experience of being human that we we will all die. We will know people that will die, and that we know we will die. Like that. Like there's you know there's 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 a universality in that. And, and so I think it is inescapable to, to sort of like see yourself and your experience in a lot of the, in a lot of the cards that get drawn. It's, it's mm. really beautiful in that way. Mm. Would you guys, uh, would you guys be up for playing a quick little round of the game together as a, uh, as a group, yeah. as a group of, of good friends? <laughs> All right, let's, let's, uh, let's do it. So I got, I've got one, uh, multiple choice card here. <clears throat> um, all right, so I'll do, I'll do this one first, and then we'll go into the open-ended. Um, uh, multiple choice. You are dying. Should your family err on the side of, A, over-medicating, let me ride off into the sunset on a magical unicorn, <laughs> B, moderation, I want to say my goodbyes but not be in pain, or C, caution, minimal medication, I want to be as present as possible. So again, you're dying. Should your family err on the side of over-medicating, moderation, or caution? <clears throat> Let's start with you, Bri. What would you What would you want? I find that really hard because, like, as you read out each answer, I was like, "Yeah, that one." And then right, you right. read the next one. I was like, "Yeah, that one." Because I, I initially thought I mean, of who, it like who wouldn't want to oh, ride ride a magical right. unicorn, like the and, and it's <laughs> also 
uh, Lori, the way that that's written, I'm like, that sounds fucking magical, right? It does sound riding nice. away on a magical yeah, unicorn. Yeah, but nice. then, but then I think like when you get further to the end, I'm like, damn, though, I want to be really present. Yeah. I, I want to be present when I die. I want to feel everything. But then also, I go back to the over medication. I'm like, I want to be over medicated. That would be amazing. I right. think, I think if I had to choose definitively, I'd probably go with C. But I can see the benefits with of all minimal of them. Med- medication. C. I think so. Yeah. Wow. I, Interesting. You know what though? I I feel like I. <laughs> this is a bad analogy, but I feel like this is me. Um, if I was a woman about to give birth and I'm like, I don't want the epidural. And then like in the middle of like birthing a fucking human, I'm like, give me the fucking needle. (laughs) Right. Right. So yeah, probably Uh, that. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, I would go, I would go down middle of the road. I'd go see. Um, and I, I will cover that because I think that if you are under medicated, you are not that present. present. No. Um, yeah. And if you are over medicated, <laughs> just having like the having had the experience of being on prescribed painkillers after mm. breaking bones, um, like badly, uh, they they actually suck. Like mm. being high on those are actually is actually not that <laughs> that wonderful. Unfortunately, I mean, I guess if maybe you're on a, f- a fuckload of them, then maybe it would be something else. So, uh, like <laughs> Jared, Jared's eyes wide, like, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> So I think I'd yeah. go middle of the road. Yeah. Can I change my answer? Nope. Uh, Lori, <laughs> what, what, what would you do? You're locked in, Bri. This is it. <laughs> so, you know, I'm, I'm definitely a C. So the caution, oh, minimal oh. medication. I want to be as present as possible. And oh. this is a great question because, Brian, to answer your earlier question, you know, how, how many of these were uh, affected by, you know, my experience with my husband, you know, he lost the ability to speak towards the end, which was something that's, you know, not a Hollywood ending, you know, and it's something that I should have known working in Hollywood that that's not always how it goes down, you know? So Mm -hmm. it was so surprising to me, like, well, he couldn't communicate at all. And and we hadn't talked about this. So -hmm. this was something that I needed to make the decision on his behalf. And, you know, his, his parents were there and I was there and, you know, I was there 24 seven and his parents weren't. And we had very different opinions on how that should play out. And Mm. what I realized and noticed with consultation with Lisa and the the hospice doctors is that those moments when he was not over-medicated and he was present, that he could actually be as much a part of the the conversation without speaking, but be, be present, eye contact and whatnot. Um, and also most importantly, you know, process the dying process, mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. you know, without being, you know, out of it. So, and, mm-hmm. and I saw some very, you know, uh, wonderful moments. It, that's weird to say wonderful moments when you're dying, but there were, there were these moments that I captured between us and that I could see him sort of almost being thankful that that was something that he had the experience to, right. you know, at the end deal with without, mm-hmm. you know, drugs. We, um, we have in Canada, we have medical assistance in dying. So you can, you can choose to what you, you can choose to 
and basically end your own life with medical assistance. Medical assistance in dying is yeah, pretty good, appropriate. It's got a really good name. That um, really yeah, explains yeah. it. See so how much more and, you can, so can clarify I, that, Brian. I was I was thinking of that, and especially as you you sort of paint that picture of um, being with your husband there, like it it makes me think. And the reason why you know this card game is so great is because I hear those answers or read those answers A, B, and C, and then I think, fuck, in that moment, I would want D. I would want medical mm. assistance in dying. And that's mm. why I wanted to change my answer. Right. But I realized that I'm locked well, in at C, so it's going to have yeah. to be yeah, you're locked yeah. in. no medication. No changing yeah. once you say it. That's your done deal. Uh, yeah. There is a card. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and you said it on the record. So this yeah. and, and yeah. the record, no. not the record stand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is a card. You were going to say there is a card. There is a, a card about that, uh, medical aid in dying. Um it's important to talk about because that's something that at least in the States, you have to apply for that ahead of time. So if you were in those final couple of weeks and you said, Oh, Hey, wait, no, I want that. It would be, well, you you can't have that right now. (laughs) You, you needed to prepare for that. So, you know, Mm. these are the important questions that can come up and should come up early on so that, Mm -hmm. you know, you can prepare for that if that's something that you truly want and believe might be something that you would need. Mm -hmm. Um, So, so we did it. We did a multiple choice. What are you going to pick? Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, fuck. Well, (laughs) I, I, I'm going to say, I really don't like being in pain. Um, But I also, I also really would, would like to uh, be uh, somewhat present for the end, because, uh, you know, I like, I like cracking jokes and, and trying to be, uh, trying to, I, I like enjoying my time, um, uh, as, as like, as, as, as present as I can be. I also, I also really love the idea of riding a fucking magical unicorn. I mean, sign me up, uh, any day, but I think in the end, the very end, I would, I would like to be able to look at my, you know, I'd like to look at you guys in the eye and, and like, you know, crack a smile or, or look at Bridie and, and say things that, that I've, you know, say things that I want to say. I also, I also have a lot of uh, skeletons in my closet and uh, mm-hmm. I'm just waiting to open that closet the moment I'm on my deathbed and, and reveal uh, where all the bones are hidden. So <clears throat> moving on, uh, <laughs> we have a, we have, uh, there's open-ended questions as well, as we were saying. And I, I just kind of, I, I kind of want to, I hope this isn't too, like too spoilery, um, uh, for you, Lori, but I'm, I want to, I kind of want to read a couple of these. So people have like kind of an idea of what, what else is within the deck and, and sort of like a, a, uh, give like a bit of a spectrum of like what you can expect. So the, the way it, the way it breaks down is the multiple choice cards have like a little blue strip on the bottom and the, and the open-ended ones have a yellow strip. And, uh, I've got three <clears throat> open-ended ones here that I really, that I really love. One's called Oh Wise One. Talk about a person in your life who you would consider wise. What wisdom have you gained from them? I really like that. Um, this one, swang so- Swan Song. And actually, this reminded me of Brandon's funeral. What is a story or song that you hope is shared at your funeral or celebration of life? And uh, I, I remember at Brandon's funeral, uh, Lucky Man by uh, the Jim James rendition of Lucky Man played. And every time I hear that song, I weep and remember how much I loved that man and how much I love that man. And then this one here, I really like this one. And I kind of want to play this one with you guys. Mostly because, like I said, I'm sitting here drinking my uh, pumpkin spiced ale 
and it is October, and it's so spooky these days. And this is a really spooky question. Uh, you made me want a pumpkin spice latte. Ah, uh, that <sighs> is so not spooky, Bri. Um, <clears throat> malicious intentions. If you could haunt one of your enemies after your death, who would you target? How would you do it, and why? Well, we played this last week. This is one. Obviously, of our, we yeah, reframed so. this question, and we because nobody wanted to say who their enemies were. We I'll said, if you are. could jokingly haunt one of your friends, <laughs> who oh, yeah, would it be, really, and what would you really do to cute. them? Let's get let's get real though for a second, Brian. Who's your enemy, and who would you haunt? And say them by name, and if you know their address, just plug that too. Okay, um, uh, Derek um, Pomeroy is my biggest enemy, and in middle school. He stole my girlfriend and I would haunt him mm. by um, showing up as my uh, 12-year-old reflection in the mirror every single time he went to brush his teeth just so he remembered what he did to me. Oh, I like that one. That's good. Tay, mm-hmm. how about you? Okay. Um, well, I will, I will say that I think the reason we reframed this question last week is because I initiated I initiated it because I said I don't think I have any enemies but in light of Brian's um Lauren's Brian, not Lauren's not here Taylor you can you can say it she's not here <laughs> right so yeah. you can yeah, uh, yeah you, I would you, can, Lauren. you can tell us um in light of Brian's uh <laughs> in light of Brian um going after somebody who wronged him in uh, junior high school um I will say uh any every uh, everybody who took attendance at um at school meetings in chapel, which I had to go to, um, at the school that I went to for high school. Um, because they, that they, every time you missed attendance there, you had to go to, um, you had to do Sunday work squad, which was where you like helped out with like general cleaning and things up around school on Sunday morning (laughs) instead of sleeping in. And, uh, and so, Everybody who all in God's eyes. Everybody who took attendance seriously and didn't and didn't take bribes. Right. Okay. What would you do? And and what would you do them? Um, I would probably. um, I would. I. You know what I would do is I would. I would make their their living space um, chronically messy so that they would be in a constant state of Sunday morning work squad. Oh, nice! I like that. (laughs) That's uh, that's great. Lori, how about you? To pay back for that. (laughs) Yeah, I would say it would be a boss that I worked for at one time who... Whose name rhymes with? uh, He or she. um, (laughs) I can't give that up. (laughs) So they, they drove me crazy with their perfectionism, you know, and just the smallest, tiniest thing just would yell at me so harshly and it would be oh come on lighten up so I would go back to them I worked for them for years and I would go back and and anytime I could just you know change the time of something or change you know just those little (laughs) things that they double checked and just (laughs) screw with them that way it it could never be perfect there would always be something I would just mess up just slightly enough that it would just drive them nuts so yeah I would um Mine would be, uh, <clears throat> mine would be, okay, so there's, the, I live on a, on a pretty long street and, um, and people love to speed down my street. So everyone who speeds down my street <laughs> is my enemy because there's kids and animals that live on my street and I don't want any of those getting hit. 
<clears throat> and I have I have like I have like pedestrian rage towards these people. I, I used to have really bad road rage, but now I just have pedestrian rage. Used and so when to? I see these when I I, I know I used to I don't know how look, past tense it is yet. Hey, <laughs> I used to, all right? I fucking used to. Don't bring it up. Um and so so you know, I would I would all those people I would just sit on this street as a ghost and I would watch the speeders go by. And when they would go by, I would I, I'm a ghost, I can float. I would float, follow them all the way home. And what I would do is I would ghost piss in their gas tank, and then I would I would take a I would take a like a a tuna sandwich, and I would wedge it up underneath the driver's seat so they couldn't find it. And on a hot summer day, give it I don't know three weeks that that tuna sandwich is probably going to start smelling like some sort of dead animal. And then you're just retelling something that you did a month and a half ago. And then I mur- and then I murder their pets, um, <laughs> dude. I'm really, you know what? I'm really glad. I'm really glad that I made mine up because I I said somebody's name and I even said a, a person's name first, and nobody else said a person's name. You guys all just like you made like, up okay, that name. I'm not going to touch that. You might not have made no, up. No, the that first was a, name. no, that's a real name. I know that guy, and and he was, he's a big he's a big fan of the show. So I feel really uh, bad. Honestly, for him. if I was going to haunt somebody, I would just live in in um, car parking it, meters, and I would just throw the quarters back out of the meter so that they get parking tickets every fucking Fuck, time. That's irritating. Oh, yeah. That would be so irritating. No, that would suck, right? Um, Jeremy, you were so specific with that that it makes me feel like you've thought that out. I've, I'm not He's joking. Done it. I'm not oh. joking. No, no, no. no. Hey, no, hey, no. He's not no, only at thought least it out. once, if not I more. I have not done that, but I have I have thought about taking um I have look, I swear I'm saying this on the record, I would never do this, and nor should anyone ever do this. But the thought, the th- I'm a human. The thought has crossed my mind to take a two by four, stick nails through it, like all the way through it, and then just sit on the road and when those fuckers speed past, just slide that little piece of wood out and pop their tires and then watch the car flip a hundred times. And then go rescue them, make sure they're okay, but then also say, hmm, shouldn't have been speeding, fucker. So uh, this is, uh, I, I got to say, the death deck is, uh, you know, we, we got a copy not too long ago. And um, I was mentioning this on our Patreon call. Um, actually, it was last night that I started journaling. And one of the things that I, that I was having a hard time with was um, kind of wrapping my head around what I could write about or what, like, you know, if, unless something big happens in my life, like I, I feel like uh, things are kind of boring in my head. So like, you know, what do I, what are I stream of consciousness? Like had toast today or whatever the fuck. But, but then I thought to myself, what a great, what a great alternative use for these cards is like every, every, every so often just to pull a card, ask myself a prompt, one of these questions, and then just write about it and just, you know, let those thoughts fly out. And uh, the idea to sit down and do this with friends, I mean, it really is, it's exactly what it is we've been trying to do with this podcast, all tucked away in a perfect little gamified deck. And I, I just, I really love what you guys have created. And first of all, thank you for sending us one. And if someone's listening right now and they want to get their hands on a death deck, how, how can they find it? Very easily. They just go to the deathdeck.com. They have a website set up. They can purchase directly through the website. <clears throat> Uh, if they are in Canada, we recently took on a distributor, so there is a link on the website to purchase from our Canadian distributor, which saves cool. a hell of a lot of money in shipping. Yes. Uh, we're trying to branch out as much internationally as possible, and that's sort of our, our start. And uh, you can also go to Amazon, which we are available there as well. 
Amazing. Well, Lori, thank you uh, so much. If you ever consider a, a an expansion pack, um, maybe we can do a sick boy collab. Yeah, yeah, right. That'd be fun. I like, I like that idea. I like that. I like. Uh, well, Lori, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day today. Uh, it really means a lot. And um, and again, folks, uh, if you want to get your hands on it, it is called the Death Deck. Uh, cannot recommend it more. This has been really great. Thanks, Lori. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun, and I so appreciate what you guys do as well. So thank you. Thank Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, Okay, there we go. That was our conversation all about the good old death deck. Uh, Got this fucker right here. I honestly, like, folks... This is, it's such a like, it, you know, you know what I, I was thinking about was, um, so one of the things that I really love is having like coffee table books. So I have like, I have, I have several different types. I have like some photography books. I've got a lot of like illustration artwork books. Um, I've got some like funky old, like fucked up ones from, you know, like these really weird old books with like fucked up photography and stuff in them old like old ain't like vintage playboys anyway they're great to like just have out and then when you have like people over it's it's like a nice like conversation piece or or whatever dude this death deck is one of those things like it's such a great addition to you know your living room or something and you have you have folks over and it just comes out it's uh i I love this so it you know hey if you're if you're a celebrant if you're a, a celebrator of the of the christmas holiday this is a good. This is a good Christmas gift. Just saying. Also, th- this is not mm-hmm. a paid ad. <laughs> this is just not not, not, sounded, even, a, not even a little bit. Not even a little. This is just my. That sounded like this. an ad, though. Though, guys, I'm going to send double. us a deck, but yeah. that's it. That's it. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on what I said uh, earlier in this episode. Um, I just really think that we should. Uh, uh, partner with them to deliver an expansion pack. I just feel like I it, think that would be fun. feel like we could yeah. we could uh, make a really cool addition to their that. already really sweet game. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um so, all right. I I just want you guys to agree. That's it. I agree 100%. Yep. 1000%. Thanks. Uh folks, that is it for this Friday. We're uh, coming at you every Monday, every Friday. Uh Mondays with a good long story from a, someone that's lived with a disease. Uh, kind of like what we've been doing for the last five years. And then every Friday, just sitting down, having silly, silly times, and then sometimes talking to people who actually are making a difference in the world. Uh, so if you love that, uh, you can find us anywhere you find podcasts or the CBC Listen app. And uh, if that's not enough for you, go to Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. If you're one of those geezers out there using that still, uh, at Sick Boy Podcast is where you can find us on the socials. And if you have any questions or comments um, or like really intense concerns. Keep your you concerns to yourself. Us. Keep your fucking Keep concerns, your concerns to yourself. yourself. Unless you can phrase it in a really funny way, then then we then we really want to then, we really then fire it our way. way. Fire it to us. Fire it our way. And you can do that by going to sickboypodcast.com slash contact. And uh, you can use sickboypodcast.com slash contact also if you want to apply to be on the show and be one of our radical guests sharing mm-hmm. their awesome story. Um, if you've got uh, if you've got a story that you want to tell, if you just want to share something with us. Um, what you like about the show, um, something maybe with uh, with something that you've overcome, whatever it is, a uh, cool little story that you want to share, you can do that directly to uh, via email, letters at sickboypodcast.com. 
And if your name is Lauren Sankey, then that would make you a co-producer of this podcast. Um, and also, um, if your name is Jeremy Saunders or Chiller McGillivray or Brian Seaver, then you're you're probably or you could be a co-producer of this show because that's who makes and co-produces this show. Mm. Um, the person who would um, possibly be the manager of the show, somebody named Jeff Lonis. So mm. anybody named Jeff Lonis out there might be you, but it's probably it's just one guy. So specifically, the guy named Jeff Lonis is the manager. And then um, somebody named Donovan Morgan um, does the the sound design on Mondays. But actually, Jeremy Saunders, a guy with that name, usually does it on the Friday episodes. And then uh, there's a guy named Rich O'Coin. And so if your name is Rich O'Coin, maybe you're the guy who does the music for the shows on Friday. That is it for this week. Um, I'm the guy named Brian Stever. I am Taylor. I think my name is Lauren. And I am Jeremy, and this is Sick Boy. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.